Marty is a rare breed. At age 21, why most college students are neck deep with homework and weekend plans, Marty was running his first company with eight staff members on parole. Since then, Marty has owned and operated over 13 companies across industries from software to restaurants, audio production to marketing. He has become an expert at business growth and the personal growth that comes with it. On top of being an accomplished entrepreneur, Marty is an award-winning business coach and has been involved in the launch growth restructuring or financing of a multitude of companies internationally. As a serial entrepreneur and veteran business coach, Marty has identified strategies, ideas, and specific actions that can help anyone create a better business and a better life. Please welcome Marty Park. Welcome everybody to Money 911, where we talk about health, wealth, and peace of mind. And we bring in a lot of amazing experts, like you heard Marty's intro. And I just wanted to remind everybody that we're rolling out some great shows. Make sure you subscribe and leave that great review because that helps us keep it rolling. So before we get into the meat of everything here, I want to make sure that you guys just relax and listen to Marty because Marty... He's owned and operated 13 businesses, right, as we talked about in the intro. So he's going to be able to share with you some really great things and just get right into it, right, Marty? So how do you think about money when, you know, you talk about a serial entrepreneur? I mean, you know, most people are stuck in this pattern where they make a little money and they just put it right back in their business right? and they don't get it, right? <clears throat> So I love that. Uh, now, I would say my beliefs around money and my use and my whole method or system around money has evolved through the different companies I've had. <clears throat> I mean, starting my first business at 21, a lot of my, I will tell you, my business partner, Greg, and I would sit back in our giant office, which was massive for just two or three guys. And we would have, you know, fast car magazines out. And the whole concept of money was like, should I drive the Porsche or the Ferrari? Right. <laughs> And after six months of not paying ourselves, like most starting entrepreneurs, you realize like, oh, maybe this is a lot more complicated than I thought. But I would say that, yeah, there's certainly one of the things I think about now is a business is really a machine to generate capital that I can then put into other things to help grow my wealth. And I think when people start to realize like, hey, this business has to be producing something out of it. I know a lot of people think, well, when I sell it, I'll cash in. But for most small to medium-sized companies, there really isn't, you can't count on that. And with something like the pandemic, I think it demonstrated to a lot of people that, you know, you think the business is rocking along and then you realize, oh, I had all my eggs in that basket. So I'm a huge fan of the business has to be a cash generator for the owner. And that as soon as you think about that, it changes maybe the way you structure operations or your team or things like that to make sure you have some bottom line. And then the ability to take some of that cash out and say, okay, what else am I going to diversify into and invest into that allows money to be a tool I start to use? Because I love when clients get to a place where they start to make more and more cash. 
start to diversify it and then understand that, hey, I've been working off of the the profit and loss statement of like, are we making any money here? And they soon, I think the graduation of the maturity becomes when they start to think of the balance sheet, like, what's my net worth look like? What's the position of the business here? But I really am a huge I think first off, getting past my own money beliefs over the years has been important. Recognizing that, uh, you know, coming now to a place of I love money, it's such a great tool, but eliminating some of what I've had in the past, which is limiting beliefs or a lot of emotion tied to this is good and this is bad with money. I think my big takeaway for most business owners and well, business people, even if you're in the C-suite, is that equation of money as a result of the value that you're creating for your whole ecosystem, right? Your your customers, your staff, your vendors. So I, I like that as money's a result. Exactly. That's it. Right there. You hit it right on the head. And that's, you know, what I noticed, you know, I've been in practice for 32 years and I've seen thousands of portfolios, right? To show them about safe money. And right. I spent more of my time on the money mindset, right? And the behavioral part of the place that everybody gets stuck in on the emotion around their money because it's just energy. And then on top of that, after the pandemic, a lot of businesses, I mean, I even went through that because I was a national speaker and going out speaking and that whole lane kind of basically got dwarfed. Right. And so if you're not able to roll with it or reinvent yourself, how do you inspire some, a lot of folks are kind of stuck in that, right? Um, you know, got beat up in the pandemic and they're trying to regroup and start their business. What what do you tell them now in the time that we're in? Because it's sure. not quite over either, right? You know what? I, I A lot of people change their behavior or change their habits. So let's say, you know, you and I, every month or every week or every couple of weeks, put a little bit of money away into savings. And then the pandemic hits or there's, you know, whatever the next recession or whatever calamity the media might be talking about. But I found that then what happens is I say to people like, well, what are you doing now? Well, we just stopped all of that. And I'd like to come back to, well, even if, you know, you used to put $200 a week away, you bring it back to $20 a week, get back to the habit of good money management, get back to some of those habits, even though the, the amount might change, that's fine. But I have found even in my own life that starting with an accountant started putting $10 away and then $20 and then $50 and then $100 and then $500. And then it's amazing how quickly those change of behaviors or managing yourself creates exceptional financial results. You are so right. That's like some of the core things that I talk about. It's shocking how many people don't do that. And I tell them, create a DMT account, you know, even if you're living paycheck to paycheck and put, you mm -hmm. know, like 10, whatever it is, the number is, and, you know, DNT, do not touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's so key. You know, like most people are like, well, what's the big deal? But money is energy. And it, when you have a little place for it, it attracts more, right? It makes more of it. You're, you're so it's right, amazing. Chris. I had a, a great experience where I was had a couple of properties, had a, a beautiful loft condo that my, then my girlfriend, or in fact, maybe Lisa and I had gotten married. And so but I wanted to buy a new house because we were having a baby. And I had said to a friend of mine, and I my business coach at the time and longtime friend now. And just that he had said, well, open up a house account and start to put some money in it. I mean, like most people, the first thing I said, I don't think you understand. I need like $200,000 as a down payment on this house. Like $20 a week is going to do nothing. He was like, open the account, start putting the money in it. And so I was like, reluctantly said, okay, fine. And I started dropping money. But you know, then Something happened. We got a check for thirteen hundred bucks or something, and I dropped that in. And then there's another check showed up. And before long, I looked and I was like, "Geez, I have eighteen thousand bucks in that account. How did that happen?" 
And it literally, when I saw it, startled me. But I realized the intention and the habit really made a massive shift. And of course, things worked out with a little bit of planning on top of that. We bought the house, didn't have to sell any of our rental properties. But it really was a great lesson for me and sort of almost practicing what you preach, right? It's easy to say it. Sometimes you don't always follow your own advice. And I did there and I really learned the lesson. Yeah, that is it right there. I hope everybody can hear that because the intention, you know, is the and then the application of the intention, right, of the practical doing it makes it happen. And I was blessed because that's my daddy taught me that in my youth. And that just seemed to make me a little different than most people. And I didn't really realize, oh, they're just, you know, you go to school, you learn how to make money, you get out of school. What do you do? Go make money and give it to somebody else to gamble. So it shocks me because I've done this three decades. It was like roulette wheel. Will it be up or down when you retire? And Mm -hmm. that bothered me. I did not like the odds. So that's why I got in the safe money side where I've never lost a dime in any market risk. So beautiful. it gives me integrity that I can look you in the eyes and I own what I sell. And I'm not saying, hey, you got to buy this stock, but I don't want to can't do that. So you download that same kind of thing inside of your business and how you know, you've set the foundation and, and what you do and keeping it simple and how you get the clients engaged. What do you do when you to get your clients to participate and be engaged? Well, you know what? I think that so many people that get caught up in just all the details of running a business that a lot of them realize that, man, this is a lot more complicated. There's a lot more moving parts or this is way different than managing my checkbook. Right. And right. Uh, so a lot of that is I find they're pretty open to, is there a way they almost, when clients come to us, they oftentimes have had some of those hard knocks or realize, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's not working. And so they're pretty open to ideas, but it's the management of business money or dollars in a company. We say as much like your personal, where you're sort of overseeing it all the time. I have a finance spreadsheet, my own personal one and business-wise, and it's open 365 on my computer right? It never closes. It is an organic, ongoing document. Every transaction is tracked. And but I demonstrate, I share with clients, but I was like, I know what's coming in, what's going out in the business on any given day. I know where our financial personal stuff stands. And a lot of clients, particularly running a business are like, yes, I need something like that just to create some control or at least a feeling, right? It's always a feeling of control. And much like you, we say to clients, like, even in the business, like, where are we sort of paying the profit into? And we start to set up profit as an expense line and pay some of that out, usually automatically, if we can move it out to another account. And I often say, like, we're just going to create this little habit of planning or saving within the business. Because, you know, so many companies like people don't have a whole lot of savings. And so a business suddenly is in a, they have an equipment piece of equipment breakdown and it's 10,000 bucks and they have nothing to recover that with besides a credit card. And so all of a sudden, if it's like, oh, we have the do not touch fund, but this is sort of the emergency where we're going to break the glass. And all of a sudden, they're like, A, it helps them manage their money better. But I also find it's really empowering where clients start to be like, hey, we we got 38,000 bucks in our do not touch fund for the company. Like, we've never had this much cash before. And it's it's really empowering. And it's great to see. It is. And, you know, it's so cool because you touched on two main things I always talk about is that, you know, the saving and the money and then paying attention to it. Where is it going? Because people are like in this little boat trying to get to the other side. And there's so many little leaks that they don't realize that they have going on. 
honestly, Marty, it shocked me how many people would come into my office and I would look at their portfolio and they were like, I don't want to look at my 401k right now because we just lost 25% or something, right? They're intimidated by it. And wait a minute, this is your money. You're spending your life working for it. You can look at it. So that's very cool that, you know, you have that right in front of you and show people how to do that, right? You know, Chris, my wife and I have gone through that journey because she for a long time was like, I'm just going to trust you. I don't want to know. Right. And so we've together as a couple have had to work on like, okay, we're going to have a finance meeting. We're going to make it fun. We'll bring wine. But, you know, but just sort of just opening the discussion and then also even having an honest discussion about some of our what our triggers might be around money. Oh, yeah. Right. And it's been really healthy for us. I can tell you some of the meetings have been a little intense, Mm -hmm. but I like that in a business. Like if you've got a business partner getting those often the same thing, money's not really discussed in the business. Right. I like that. Yeah, there's that you start to develop that openness with kind of conscious conversation around it. That is so cool because, you know, not only are you doing the money thing, but you're doing the emotional thing, which I've seen blow up with couples down the road, you know, where they have, you know, whoops, I forgot to take my first wife off my policy or, right? I've seen that. (laughs) I haven't had that problem. (laughs) Yeah, good, good. But the talking with each other and communicating about it will eliminate a lot of that emotional part. But keeping it simple, right? You seem to be really good at that. And whole importance of you talk about the wow factor. I thought that was kind of cool in a business, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what everybody's trying to do with their taglines and their SEO is to get the wow to get my attention, right? Because there's so much going on. What's your wow factor? So it's funny because I think about, you know, you're right. A lot of people think of wow as being like shocking or, you know, I just got to grab their attention like clickbait. And uh-huh. I like the idea that most of the time when we talk about the wow factor, we come back to things that are probably based more on relationship and like, where's the, you know, everybody sort of works to a certain bar and how do we go beyond that? Right. Yeah. How do we just do a little bit more than it's expected? If I phone the pizza place on a Friday night and then they deliver the pizza they haven't wowed me because that's kind of what I expected. So we're always like, what's the next thing beyond expectation? And tying back to money, it's often not really expensive. It's usually thoughtful. And so with a lot of clients, we're like, what's the thoughtful thing you could do? Like the simplest thing where in past where clients are like, we don't have any more money to spend. Margins are tight. Costs are up. And we're like, okay, well, let's just handwritten thank yous, right? They're cheap. They're easy. But people know that there's somebody at their end and there's a real signature and we have people check them to be like, was this printed on a computer? No, really. I think somebody actually filled this out. So it can be, I like wow to be, what's the simplest thing to make somebody know you care or to have impact or make just a personal note that really gets them in the heart and the head. And um, we start there before we go to like, let's throw in a trip to Fiji. Well, obviously that would have huge wow effect, but there's a big dollar value that's associated. So we tend to start small. And I, you know, I have a friend of my wife actually has a cookie making company and she makes unbelievable cookies. So in January, we're going to send everybody cookies. A, because it's not December where everybody expects to get a gift, but it's just personal, a little handwritten note, something they can yeah. chew on, taste delicious. And it creates the unexpectedness of it also creates some wow. That's beautiful because you're basing it on relationships, right? And instead of like, you know, look at me or the ego part of a business. Right. That's, that's very cool. And, and I think you touched on it that Christy, yeah. the business owner sometimes thinks about what do I want to see? But you have to put right. yourself in the customer's shoes and be like, 
what would they like to receive from our business? What would they like to see from us? And it's usually that sense of significance, really feeling like a VIP for the company. That's it. You know, because really that is our money. That's what I find. My money are my heart connections, meaning people like you that have mm-hmm. good hearts that are really there to help people and take them to the next level and go out of your comfort zone to help them. And that's, you know, really to me, that's what it's about. It's true. And I found that, you know, in midlife during, you know, being in practice for three decades in the shift of midlife, I found that to use the gifts that I've been given, putting the give back as the foundation that you shift your business almost into, you know, what can you do for others stance. Mm -hmm. So then you Mm -hmm. use that energy of that business that you've created that's profitable or done very well. And then you could transform that into something that's going to help people on this planet, right? Totally. And you probably know, ironically, the more you shift to being in service and how can I help these people and what else can I do? Funny enough, oftentimes that creates more money because again, going back to my comment, money is often the result. People see how much you care, the advice, the expertise you give, and they're like, I've got to get involved with somebody. I've got to transact with Chris on this. And it, you know, it all, it's all very circular that way. Yeah, it's very cool. And, you know, I write music. I'm a, you know, singer songwriter in my spare time. And so sometimes I'll throw, cool. I'll send them a CD, which is like, what? You know, you're in the money thing. Oh, well, I'm a money maestro, right? right. So just like you, finding something special to help people. But, you know, your whole conversation to me is like the title of your book, Tiger by the Tail How to Tame and Master Your Business. That's a very cool title. Maybe open yeah, that up. Yeah, actually, you know, so I actually had a conversation with a gentleman and I think he sort of summed up the way a lot of business owners feel. Even when from an outside perspective, everything appears fantastic, right? We've all walked yeah. by, and I think of restaurants because I was in that business. You walk by a restaurant, it's packed on a Friday night and everybody's like, oh, they must be making so much money. But right. the owner in the back office is sweating because he knows this has been the only busy night. And so there's that outside perspective. I sat down with a gentleman and he said, and he almost did it like this, where he kind of was like, it was just me and him in the office, but he sort of looked around, leaned in and said, like, I never expected to have a business this big. It was just me. And now I've got like 22 staff and like every day I've got a tiger by the tail. I don't know where I'm coming or going. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm afraid to get bit. Like, and when he said tiger by the tail, I thought that's about what it feels like running a company. And so I put together 99 Secrets, as I said, to tame and master your business as the subtitle. And the intention there was like, what are 99 things that a typical successful entrepreneur never hears from their accountant, never gets? And oftentimes it started with me post-it notes for a client and be like, oh my God, that's gold. How come nobody ever told me that? I got to write that down. And I started being like, I'm going to write these down too. And very quickly, my stack of post-it notes got big enough that as I started to document those things, I thought, there's a book here. And so it's really geared towards that business owner who is past startup or just, you know, in startup or past startup and where everybody in society is sort of like, hey, you've had the business for two years, you're rocking, good for you. And in fact, it's only gotten more complicated. Now you have customers and staff and you're paying rent and there's so many moving pieces. And instead of feeling more in control, you often feel less in control. And so I really wanted to write that to that group that are what I call the established entrepreneur, where they're still struggling and working every day. And they don't have a lot of resources to be able to help them. Right. That's really cool because those little one-liners just 
can change the whole perspective. And, you know, that saying that, you know, everybody's working in on their business, right? Or in their business. In the business, yeah. Stuck in the nine to the nine or whatever the time is to doing the emails and doing the thing and doing the thing, but not being able to have enough time to break out to do, boy, I really want to do this podcast or I really want to write this book or how do you, our, how, how do you show them around that one? Well, you know, what? I think one of the things that we create is permission for people to be able to say, much like probably you, like, I'm going to give you permission to start to save whatever it might be, small amount, but at least it moves them to action. Right. We oftentimes start to look at how the business runs and realize sort of starts out, you know, Marty starts his new, the house of mud and I'm selling, you know, jars of mud, but it's really just me. And so I'm manufacturing it. I'm packaging it. I'm trying to work on the website. And what happens is when you're the one man band, you're doing everything. Right. But we often hire and add staff still with the structure where I'm doing everything. And now I've got a couple of helpers, but there's nobody really empowered. So we often come in and look and go, we're going to flip the dynamic of the team and really start to empower people with responsibility and create accountability and just task by task, move it off the owner. And in a very short period of time, oftentimes we get clients where they might've worked 70 hours a week and now they're down to 35 and they almost have a bit of a regression where they're like, I don't know what to do with all this free time. We're like, okay, well, we'll figure out that we're going to take up a hobby. And I think that's what happens is you see them shift over time with the amount of time that they have available. And now they've got a team working with them and for them. And then the same thing, they start to learn some money habits. And all of a sudden, they're like, I got some cash in the bank. Like Things have never been so good. And that's really what's rewarding for me is when you have somebody reach that time and money freedom space where they now they're really like, oh, now I got some confidence and some resource. And now, well, geez, like, what can I do? Like, what bucket list items can I pursue? Right, right. That is so cool because, you know, I'll raise my hand on that one. I'm, you know, you get the crew, but you spend half your time to tell them what to do and not totally know how to do it. And it can becomes more of a task if you don't even know how to manage the crew, right? The team. Absolutely. And most of us have never taken how to manage people course, no. right? No, and that right. they there aren't any good ones that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, I like this. Can you just spout off your top five tiger by the tail tips that you might throw out that, you know? Ooh, know your numbers. That's my first one. Whenever you've got where you're like, I think it's about, I think and about are not numbers. So know your numbers down to the penny okay. uh, or the nickel. And I think the second one would be business is people that, you know, the real assets of your business go home at night and you have to appreciate all the people that way. The third thing probably would be around wow. Like there's some way that you can create a little more wow in the business. And what is it? Number four is not everybody should be selling. That sales should be like a drumbeat every single day. That the receptionist can talk about the business. Everybody involved can tell their friends. Everybody can be an evangelist of the business. And I like that. And number five would be take care of yourself. The whole ecosystem for a business is dependent on the business owner. And so you have to be okay. And so time away for health, whether it be working out, downtime, family time, those things are critical because it's a marathon, not a sprint running a business. Absolutely. It is a marathon. And taking the time, right? Exactly. Those are great. Thanks. Just wanted to like wrap up, but I know you've excited about, you've got like some new things coming down the line here. What, what's going on? Yeah. You? So we're launching a new group program. Oftentimes, a lot of our coaching and training programs are one-on-one. -on -one. And so we're launching a new program called the Business Freedom Accelerator. And it's designed to really 
just do that to create time and money freedom for all of owners and move them from where they maybe feel like they're working for their business to really feeling like the business is serving them again. That and continued focus on my book, Tiger by the Tail, and be able to sell it. And it's unavailable at Amazon. It's on Audible. And of course, you can get it off my website. And it's just martypark.com. Very cool, Marty. Well, you know, we sh- we'll have to come back again and break down a little bit, get into your book a little bit more and take some of those tips and elaborate Would love that. on them, right? That'd Absolutely. be great, Chris. Yeah, because there are thousands of people that are listening to shows and I have, you know, all kinds of people that talk about money from different points of view and, and you and I align on a lot of the, on some of the basic things here. So I'm sure it'll be really helpful for them. So we'll that would be great again. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you and get your book right now. Sure. So the book is uh, Tiger by the Tail. And it's, uh, and you can get it again at Amazon. You can get it on Audible. And our company, my company is called Evolve Business Group. So evolvebusinessgroup.com. And they've got all of our programs and stuff on there. Otherwise, you can find me on social at the Marty Park. Okay. And Marty, one final pausing note. What do you want to leave everybody with? What inspirational thought would you like to share? That whatever you want to do financially or time freedom wise, that all you need to do is shift the need a little bit, a little bit today. Take that first step, put 10 bucks away in your company account or in your personal account, you know, take the first step towards health with a five minute walk or one sit up or whatever it might be, but just take a small action and start that new behavior into the future. That's it right there. Well, you hit it right on, on, you just talk about just what I talk about all the time. Health is wealth. Funny how that meshes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And my other company is called Legacy Shifters. And so- you know, when I'm speaking live, I get the whole audience. I go, what are you going to do? Shift. Yeah. <laughs> right, Marty. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we'll look forward to having you back. This is great, Chris. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot go to meetwithchrismiller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.